0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast two seven nine. I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen, and uh, the dogs might Lost bark. Yeah, well, you never know. I, I it's <laughs> video's not running, so I mean, it could be a very good impersonator for all I know. The dogs could bark. I've got a uh, delivery scheduled for today, so you know how that goes. And dogs, so right before I hit record, mm-hmm. you said the experiment is over. Care to explain? <laughs> so, I am
1: uh, trading in my electric car this weekend um, for a, a number of reasons, um, and I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. So, but but really, what's happened in the last 12 months is that. You know, it's a great car, I really like it, but a whole load of things things have started to conspire against it being as good a fit for me as it was. Mm -hmm. First of all, um, I really need something a bit bigger now. Um, Kids are are getting bigger? The kids are getting bigger, but, you know, we're also dealing with Leanne's mother a fair bit as well. She's moved into a, a, a residential care home near us. And so we are taking her on various trips. And we have another car that's bigger than the Leaf, but it's not much bigger. And so when there's five of us... A little um, tight. It's a little bit tight. It's going to yeah, get tighter as those kids keep growing. Yeah. And, and none of us are small people, unfortunately, mm-hmm. either. So I'm talking about width, not height. We're all very short, but we're all quite wide. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's one thing. Um, secondly... I talked in the past about how you could do long journeys in the Leaf by doing these rapid charges and that pretty much every services on the, on the highway here in the UK had a rapid charger on it. But, um, what's happened in the last sort of 12 to 18 months is that there's been a, a big uptake in people running plug-in hybrids, particularly these big Mitsubishi Outlanders with a big four-wheel drive. And these guys plug up and down the motorways and go on those chargers quite a lot which is annoying because they don't really need to because they have a big gas engine in there as well, so they don't need to have their 20, 30 miles of charge. Uh, To combat this, the people who run the chargers have introduced uh, a fee for using them, Uh, and unfortunately the the fee is, I, I think, £6 for half an hour's charge which is enough to fully charge um, a Leaf on the rapid charger, but at that sort of cost, every 80 miles, you're having to stop for half an hour and pay £6. You're really no better off financially than if you were running... A petrol or diesel car so you've got all the inconvenience of the charging with none of the benefits and also as well and i think this is a fair point some people have pointed out to me and and i've encountered this myself when i've done longer journeys that you tend to stop and charge and then you go and buy a coffee or a sandwich or something like that from these um motorway services that are pretty expensive and if you actually factor those costs in as well then going a long journey can be quite an expensive deal in the electric car yeah um The performance of the battery is not quite as good as it was. It's nowhere near terrible, but um, I've noticed it has, particularly this winter, it started to decrease a little bit. Really? Uh, Where I charge it, yeah, it's just not not a little bit, but I notice it's taking longer to get a full charge, um, and I'm probably lost lost maybe five or six miles on average for every charge
0: now, just because the batteries are wearing out. But, dude, it's Uh, not even two years old.
1: It is just about two years old. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Uh, a battery
0: should me. not be wearing out that fast. That's
1: listen. I, 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 I'm not saying it's wearing out, but it has a noticeable, very slight decrease in performance over over the way it did. Uh, and I think you know any th- any no. if you had a, a I'm not I'm not I'm not excusing it. I'm just laying out the facts as they are i I would i would suggest if you had a laptop battery that you charged all the time uh over two years you'd notice a slight decrease in performance as well it's just the nature of the technology so that's another thing um something else is that where i charge it at work we have four chargers and um they are increasingly busy and i've talked before about some of the problems we've had with you know, people getting upset because uh, somebody's on the charger and they want to get on and they think somebody's been on for too long or um, they won't come out of work and move their car and this sort of thing, this is becoming an increasing problem and it's not getting any better it's just getting worse um, coupled with that is that the infrastructure here in Manchester which you know I've praised in the past as being very good there is no money left so they are not putting in any new chargers um, they're not interested in doing that and in fact they've taken some away so all in all you start to think okay well this is an infrastructure that's kind of just teetering on the edge of usability because of an increase in these cars uh, and all of a sudden the funding's gone and so that's going to be a worse problem over the next couple of years rather than the better and then finally the final issue for me is that um, I looked at how I was financing the car and I looked at what the car was worth against what I'm paying for it and it's lost a hell of a lot of money I mean an enormous amount of money far more than I would have expected and I think that goes back to the uh, point I made about the batteries. I think people don't trust these cars used because they worry the battery's performance is not good. So, Do you have a puppy um, in the background? It's it's my dog. I need to go and let him in because he's... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's getting late. quite loud. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, just hold, hold on a sec. So while David's doing that, I, I gotta confess, I'm of two minds. I'm not surprised that the Nissan Leaf the Nissan Leaf, the Nissan Leaf yeah, I like that better is losing its value quicker than he thought it would because, quite honestly, it's it's kind of a, a cheap, on the price side, electric car to begin with. So, yeah, I'm not real surprised there. But when he says a lot of money, that's a little bit worrying. I wonder if... Two things, it could be. I would think that the value is just not there. People don't want that car or um, they're selling so many new ones that the value of the used ones are going down because people who want one would just rather have a new one rather than go and get a pre-owned. So yeah, that's, that it's definitely worrying. I, I would, I would definitely look at the used car market before buying a brand new car to see what the value is. Does that car retain its value? Does it lose its value very, very quickly? Um, I'm kind of becoming somewhat of an expert in this because that's what I do for a living now. I work for a car dealership. And, you know, I talk to customers pretty much every day that depending on what kind of car it is, they find out that it's not worth as much money as, as what either they owe or they thought it would be. And that's market forces. That's not you know one, one automaker trying to push down you know how much another car is worth from a different automaker. That that's market. That's people try to sell them, and if they're not desirable, and people aren't going to spend the money for a non-desirable car, that's why would you do that? So uh, yeah, I it, find, I, it, it's I a little worrying for, me, I- for you. Yeah. I, I,
1: in, indeed it is. Um, I mean, if you're in that position, then, you know, fortunately I've been able to, uh, finish my deal a little bit early and, um, it's not costing me too much to come away. But, um, I think it's a concern and, um, we also have had this change of government and we've had Brexit here and, uh, pretty much all these things are, are kind of been upended by that. And it's unclear what our new government strategy is towards. Our carbon emission reductions, but um, all, all I get all the time when I, s- I talk to people like the charging people, who, are, as I explained, have no money. When I say to them, you know what's going on—you are taking charges away. You can't not put any new ones in. I get, get the fizz- We are extremely committed to supporting electric vehicles for reducing carbon emissions. Who
0: is we? Your you go, family? Okay. or your? Oh, f- uh, I you well, mean the. <laughs>
1: what, yeah. I, I think I think this is what they. This is what these people say, and so right. conceptually they are to that but they're not committed with any sort of finance or uh inputs they're basically just managing what they've got mm-hmm. um so that commit doesn't count for anything if it's not financed unfortunately and that's just the nature of it um i'm starting to wonder if these changes is one of the things that's depressed the value of the vehicles but uh I, I don't know i mean cars are considering what you pay for a new car the fact that it loses so much money so quickly even the most desirable cars on the market do that unless it's something really rare like you know and, uh, you know one of 100 ferraris or something like that those appreciate straight away but everything else everybody knows as soon as you drive it off the off the lot you lose a pile of money um i can't help feeling that the, the Uh, Maybe you can comment on this working in the industry. The the price that the manufacturer set for the cars is not directly related to what it costs the manufacturer and and distribute them.
0: Well, no, because they they want to make as much money as possible. So what you have um, in the auto industry, and, and I can only speak for the U.S., some car manufacturers, their cars are expensive, and then you look on Craigslist or a used car lot and you see one that's three years old that just came off a lease that's in great condition because generally, if people lease a car, they keep it in good condition because if they don't, it's going to cost them more money. Mm-hmm. And you see how much it's worth. Some car manufacturers, the value of that car just goes down the toilet. I mean, it's, it's, yep. it's staggering. Others don't. And if you can find one, uh, the value is still there. It, it's 25 to 45 percent more than other manufacturers so well why is that well the quality the dependability um, probably are the two biggest factors well this kind of car doesn't break down very often these kind of cars if you change the oil on a regular basis and you keep up the maintenance will last you 250,000 miles whereas this kind of car you're sinking after three years, tons of money into all these little nickel and dime repairs that just keeps breaking on it. So, I mean, all of those factors come into play on the used car market. So when you're buying a new car, the best things you can do, look at consumer reports and those type of uh, websites and magazines to see what's getting high ratings. But the problem with that is how do you test dependability on a brand new car? That's right. You you can't. It hasn't been on the road long enough, right? So so the next thing you do is you jump on Craigslist and places like that, and you see where the cars are worth now, three years later. Because a lot of people are on three-year car leases now. So go and find the cars that you're interested, that you're shopping for, that are three years old. Where's the value? How many are you finding? And it will tell you a lot. Now, I happen to work for a company that sells <clears throat> vehicles that retain their value like crazy. Mm-hmm. And that makes my job a whole lot easier when I have a customer comparison shopping. I say, Hey, look, go home, see what you can buy. You know, so there, so someone will say, Hey, I'm looking at car a, which is yours and car B, which is theirs. Okay. I tell you what, go home away from me, away from the other dealership, go home, look up that car from three years ago and six years ago see how many are for sale and what the average price is after you're done doing that come back and see me because i know you're going to buy our car mhm it it's it's that's the way it is i mean yeah it, numbers don't lie yeah and when so it comes I, to the I nissan think, leaf well, yeah, i think the problem is it's it's a it's generally a kind of a cheap car from a quality standpoint it's not a top of the line electric car uh Nissans have kind of decreased in value over the last 10 years or so compared to some other manufacturers that are coming up uh and some of what you said uh people if you're if a person's looking at buying a electric car generally they have a little bit more money they have better jobs And they generally will buy a new car, not a used car. So why do they want to buy your two-year-old car when they can just buy a new one Yeah, and get the full battery life and get the warranty and and all that? So uh, when it comes to the the less expensive electric cars, it's an uphill battle for them in the used market, in the pre-owned market. It really is, unfortunately. Whereas a gas-powered used car, they're plentiful. They're everywhere you know yeah. and you can fill it up anywhere they're more convenient you don't have to worry about plugging things in you're not fighting over a port at work it it the performance is much better the dependability who knows because electric cars are just too new to really gauge that yet yeah it's you know i personally if i was in if i was looking for a newer car right now and i wanted something that's less emissions. I would look at a hybrid because you get the best of both worlds, and that technology is very mature now. Very mature, yeah. And and the range just still isn't there, and the price still isn't there for electric cars, unfortunately.
1: No, I, I, I'm look I'm doing what you suggested. I'm looking, I'm looking at Nissan's, um, you know, approved use leafs now uh, across the country, and there's cars here that are, um, yeah. 12,000 miles, My, I mean mine's only got 8 on it, 2014 so this is like a 2 year old one yep. 7,795 pounds now right. that's a tw- that's 22,000, 23,000 pound car new after the government puts in a 5 grand discount exactly, which it, which it does
0: so you know, yeah they are they are not holding value well because, and so you have to ask why are they not holding value, well there's going to be multiple reasons, the quality, maybe that's not there the dependability, maybe that's not there. Or most likely, people just don't want that car. That's the number one reason cars lose their value. People just don't want yeah. them. Now, yeah. they might not want them for a variety of reasons, what I've already said or what have you. But yeah, it, it, it's the marketplace. It it can't really be manipulated by manufacturers. And the manufacturers don't care about the secondary well, market anyways.
1: Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what. I don't know what happens here I, I do believe it what happens in the us sorry i know that here they do manipulate the market they manipulate the used car market there's an awful lot of pre-registration that goes on so dealers actually register cars as sold when they're not um to to boost their sales figures i know that that happens um so uh, you know and there are various other incentives and stuff uh for instance all the in in the uk now all the finance um, is much much cheaper on the, on a new car than it is on the used, yeah. and that again is supporting those new car market, that new car market. So I I do think the manufacturers have structured everything to get as many people as possible buying a new car uh, over a used car.
0: Right, but that's not what I'm um, saying. When I said manipulation, I mean of the secondary market. You selling a car yeah. to your neighbor, they have no effect on that yeah. at all. They no, can't, they don't no, control not. what the value of their older cars are. The market does that. Independent of manufacturers or dealerships, so yep. w- the value that you're finding online is the true value of that vehicle. It's only worth what someone's willing to pay, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: and and in fact, these prices I'm seeing here—they're all around about eight thousand pounds—are actually inflated as well because these are, you know, through the dealerships, right? Appro- approved use with warranty and that sort of thing. This so the, is not. They're looking what, for a quarter. Yeah, this, this this is not what you would pay if you went through the trade the auto trading magazines you will probably pay two three thousand pounds less than this
0: right because so, what they're um, doing is they're yeah. they're taking one on a trade-in that's a couple years old they're giving a certain dollar figure for it and then they're marking it up by a certain dollar figure to pound figure yeah. if you will and, and selling it because they want to make a profit they can't sell a car at a loss a used car anyways yeah they, you just
1: can't I, so i I I found I found the whole thing very interesting. As I said, I've really enjoyed driving the car. They are and um, they they are good cars. I appreciate what you're saying. It's not probably not a premium feel on the inside um, compared to what you pay for it. Um, but it's uh, it's very. They are very
0: well equipped. Well, you did uh, call the it an experiment. Performance is actually pretty good. Uh, you know,
1: it, it was an experiment for me. Right,
0: that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was an experiment yeah. to see if electric car is. There yet, and I, I i think i don't know i don't me, it doesn't part, sound like it apart from the range
1: issue mm-hmm. i mean to so if if they had more range or alternatively if you could charge them quicker, yeah um then there would be only prob one problem to me, which is the availability of infrastructure, yeah, and the availability of infrastructure is still a real problem they've just built a new medical center just around the corner from me they've put a charging point there. Um, and I can never use it if I wanted to because oh. there are always non-electric cars parked in those parking spaces.
0: Yeah, they don't enforce it.
1: They don't, yeah. they do. In fact, they, they, the posts are there, but they haven't even marked up the parking spaces as electric only. There's no signage. There's nothing. So you can't really blame people for using the parking spaces. No. Yeah, but, but it, it's all stuff like that that make, you know, it's all a whole load of little inconveniences that start to add up. And why do you want to
0: spend that much money to have all these inconveniences in your life when if you would have spent a lot less money for a comparable gas-powered car or maybe even around the same, if not a little bit more, for a hybrid where you're still going to get really great gas mileage um, and you just don't have those inconveniences. You know, you, you park it wherever you want. There's gas stations aplenty. Uh, Gas isn't very expensive right now compared to what it was just, say, five years ago. Um, And it's good technology. It's, it's, this is. Yeah.
1: There's only one problem with gas, and that's that it's destroying the planet. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the issue. That's the issue. And I, I. I'm well aware of all the arguments about how a car like a, an electric car is just deferring that anyway because the ele- electricity has to be generated somewhere, and that's emitting CO2. Oh. I understand all of those arguments. But nevertheless, the fact is you've got, you know, um, you've got vehicles that emit huge amounts of CO2 into the atmosphere, and that's causing us a real, real problem. Um, it is, but um, you know, the infrastructure and, and just some,
0: isn't there to, to uh, give us a viable alternative yet. And it, whether that's the fault of governments... Which I don't think it is. I think it's the government simply reflect the will of the people, uh, at least in democracies, right? So, if the will of the people isn't to spend a lot of tax dollars on building an infrastructure to support everyone owning an electric car, then the people just yeah. don't care enough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe that's harsh, but
1: no, I think I think you're absolutely right. I, I think I'd suggest that here in the u here in the UK we probably can't ke- care a fair bit more than people do in the U.S. Oh, I would our, totally our agree gas- with that. Our gas
0: is uh, as, as, as a percentage, yes. Yeah. Our fuel
1: is a lot more expensive anyway. Yep. Uh, there's so much tax in it. Um, So so people do care more, more here. But even here, it's just not it, – it, it's still a niche. And and the I think the other thing that, that directly affects the LEAF is that it was one of the first cars that did this. There are better electric vehicles now. BMW makes a great one. Yep, um, it's a lot more expensive, but it, it is a, it is a great car. You can get it with a range extending little engine in the back, so that you have to worry less about the range and that sort of thing. Um, but the, the other problem I have for me is, as you know, I started this by saying I needed a bigger car. Yeah, I can't buy a bigger electric only car than the one I have now because they, they just don't really exist. I could buy one of those Outlander plug-in hybrids i talked about but they they're massively massively more expensive yeah i mean it's that that's going from a from a, you know a, mid, a, a compact car to an absolutely huge car with a commensurate price increase and even there the, i've still got the engine and all of that. It's a hybrid um i can't buy an electric only you know five or six seater saloon or, or hatchback type car
0: no you got to go hybrid but, at that point like the prius v yeah yeah yep Yeah, it's, you know, it's an amazing time that we live in that, look, when we were growing up in the 70s, 80s, and as young adults in the 90s, the idea of having anything but gas powered cars, diesel was, you know, an odd thing here in the U.S. That was just smelly trucks, right? To have an entire, not just one, but two new type of technologies and three, if you want to, you want to add in hydrogen cars, um, which are way behind everybody else right now as far as availability and really technology. But we have gas cars, we have hybrids, and we have electric. And it's amazing the, uh, the choices that we have right now, but I think that the pure electric is... You know, the people that are buying them, like you, it's still an experiment. You're still trying to fit this into your life because society as a whole, throughout the whole world right now, hasn't built up that infrastructure to support it. And the more people who buy the electric cars, the more the infrastructure will grow, especially when businesses see that they can make business by supporting this. But it's just not there yet.
1: Yeah. I think the only manufacturers
0: doing real well in this space is Tesla, and they're selling premium cars. And um, well, they're going to try, they're going to try to yeah. change that really, really soon. Uh, I, I hope they succeed. I, I would love to see the availability of electric cars much higher than it is right now in both mm-hmm. affordability and ease of use. Uh, right now, I think, quite honestly, the focus should be less on price and more on ease of use. Yeah. The technology sl- has to yeah. grow. They've got to
1: solve some of these problems. They've got to be able to, as I say, you, you've either got to be able to make them go much further on, on a single charge or alternatively, you've got to be able to charge them in like 5, 10 minutes.
0: Right. Now, I um, think a really good hybrid idea would be a hydrogen electric car. Now, I think that would, show, would have a lot of promise. Well, you just got to put water yeah. in it, and the hydrogen engine would only be pretty much used to extend uh, distance if needed. But mostly to charge the batteries for the electric car engine.
1: The problem yeah, the problem with the hydro hydrogen fuel cell is you can't just put water in it. You have to actually put hydrogen gas in it to yes. make it work. So you then need then you've got an infrastructure problem again. So yes. um, But long have-
0: term it's a better solution than
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it, it would also be interesting if you could have something like a supercapacitor in one of these cars, so it would take the full charge in about Five minutes, yeah. and then trickle that into the batteries, yep, um, that would be another thing, but you, you know the, like, I'm sure all these guys are working on all of this stuff and trying to figure it out and figure out what the best way to it is, but um yeah, the, the thing is they've got to fit your lifestyle, and you've got to be able to ultimately to afford the way they work, and um I just comes to the point that with with mine it
0: doesn't anymore so that's unfortunate, uh, um, I've enjoyed listening to you talk about it. Yeah. But I'm not surprised by the same token. It's you know, I mean, when you bought that, I wasn't in the auto industry, and I am now, so I, I've got to, I've got two different perspectives. I've got the perspective yeah. of someone who uh, works in that industry, and the perspective of someone who knows someone who bought an electric car yeah. and is trying to use it in day to day life.
1: And I, and I've had um, you know I've had hybrids before i've had two priuses two different models of prius so you know i'm well familiar with the advantages of the prius the problem with the the perception problem the prius has here in the uk it's interesting you see a lot of them as taxis in london um and i think in 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 an urban environment they make a lot of sense for that Uh, one of the reasons that drives that though is they, they don't get charged the congestion charge so um they save taxi drivers money by having those but the other thing with the prius is that the real world gas mileage you get out of the prius in the uk is not bad for a a petrol car particularly one of that size but um it's absolutely trounced by what diesel cars get um so you know a prius uh, i i think the best i ever got out of my last generation prius was about 52 53 miles per gallon whereas um an equivalent diesel car of that size um, we'll we'll get seventy miles per gallon. Yeah. Um. And that that really adds up. Even though the diesel car is often more expensive. What about um, a diesel? diesel
0: what about a diesel electric car? Hybrid.
1: They that I for some reason diesel hybrids are not a big thing. Um, you would think it I'm would not be. Not sure why that. Is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why that is, but they are. I I believe that one of the French companies, Renault, is as may have one or two diesel hybrids, but um. Most of the people who are doing hybrids. Are doing petrol? Yep, because availability. So, uh, well, diesel's extremely available here. It's not. It's it not is like here it too, is
0: but not quite yeah. to the extent that regular gas is.
1: No, here, here, here in the UK, there are there. Are, if you go to a, a petrol station, it will sell, always sell petrol and diesel. Yeah. There are no uh, petrol-only stations here, so uh, you know diesel's really huge in the in Europe. I mean, it's absolutely massive. Um, which is why, you know, Volkswagen was looking to expand the diesel market in the U.S. and decided to cut a few corners and break a few rules.
0: <laughs> mm, that's a whole different podcast. And with that, yeah. let's take a quick break. <laughs> and uh, Dave and I will be right back. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchot, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast.
1: Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000-foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.
0: Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast, I've got a nice, steaming, fresh cup of coffee, David. Cool. Mm, I like a... Oh, I didn't put enough in it, though. I like a, a French vanilla creamer. Smoke oh, flavor. yeah? Yeah. See, I, I,
1: don't, I don't put creamer in my coffee. I have it black. So I like to have the coffees with – sometimes you can get a roast or something with a kind of little bit of flavor in from yeah. Nespresso and people like that. I like those as well. But uh, I'm – I am um do not care big, much
0: for black coffee. No? No, I love the big, smell of coffee. I, I, I
1: do. Yeah. Coffee is one of those things that roasting coffee smells much better than it tastes
0: yeah uh, I would agree with um, that
1: um and and you know it's one of those it's one of those peculiar substances that like um beer and and things like that there there are things that as a kid, when you taste you go you think why would anybody ever drink this? This is the most disgusting
0: thing ever I think it's and like then, that when you first start drinking it, no matter what age you are, yeah, but you kind of because- force yourself to continue to drink it.
1: What, what what apparently what happens is you you kind of become accustomed to the bitterness and once you become accustomed to the bitterness then you can a- appreciate the differences in the flavors and and yeah. kind of acquire the taste for it but it, initially it just tastes revolting um because it's extremely bitter yeah uh, you know and uh you just kind of have to try and get past that and i think that's why some people you know do drink coffee and tea with lots and lots of milk in and lots and lots of sugar because they actually want to get over the, uh, the, the bitterness. Business. Yeah. I don't I, like I, the bitterness, am. but I do like the flavor of coffee. Yeah. I, I'm a big, uh, I mean, I'm coffee connoisseurs would turn their nose up at me because I, I love Starbucks coffee and, uh, Oh, I like Starbucks coffee. Yeah. But a lot of people kind of, a lot of coffee snobs would go oh,
0: it's mass market, horrible, cheap brown, rubbish. No, but you're going to get that no matter what industry it is. Yeah, you know, we were talking about the auto industry, and you know, if you buy a Chevy, there's Ford people who are like, "Ugh, you bought a Ford." I, I'm a Chevy guy. Your car stinks. Mine's great. You know, you're going to always get that, no matter what I'm the industry con- yeah, is. Yeah,
1: conscious that the uh, the Top Gear guys, um, Richard Hammond is a big fan of. First of all, he's a big fan of American muscle cars, which are not popular with the rest of the team, and mm-hmm. also he's um, he loves Porsche yep. and. Yep. I, I seem to remember that both um, Clarkson and May are don't they, they don't think Porsche is anywhere near as good as he does um, They're much more into Ferraris So there you go
0: And well, uh, McLaren
1: Yeah The uh, the Grand Tour is, is out I think it's out today
0: It is I watched the first episode they're, I think they're releasing it episode to episode every week Instead of yeah. dropping the whole thing all at once
1: oh, I've not seen it yet So it's without good.
0: spoilers did you like it? I liked it a lot. I'm glad Top yeah. Gear is back. Or I mean, um It's Top Gear. I don't care what they call it. It's Top Gear, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I I understand what what they basically done is stripped out everything except the um the challenges.
0: Is is that right? <sighs> it's Top Gear. Yeah. <laughs> if you've watched an episode of Top Gear, yeah. you're gonna love it. I mean it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Cool. Yeah, the production value is top-notch the it, it's top gear
1: it has, obviously jeremy clarkson and others have been promoting it in the last couple of weeks and um Clarkson gave an interview and they asked him how different it was you know to do this show now on a, on a in a different environment and all of that sort of thing and and you know if he was bitter as the bbc first of all he said no i'm not bitter to the bbc i still work with the bbc i've done he said i just recorded something for the bbc last week um just not this uh, but the other thing he said, the di- the real difference was um when we film something like this we send it to amazon and they ring the phone, they ring us up, up straight away and they tell us how great they think it is and how much they enjoy it and love it. And, you know, yes, sometimes they have notes and criticisms and, and changes they want and that sort of thing. He says, but it's always very positive. And he said, all we ever got from the BBC was complaints. He said, no, never a compliment for anything they liked. And I think, all we ever got was
0: complaints. I, I think that is a great microcosm to new media versus old media. Yeah. New, media, new media companies like Netflix and Amazon and perhaps Amazon, uh, um, Hulu and perhaps Am- Apple, what they're going to be doing with their original programming. These companies are generally run by younger people who are not jaded, who understand the medium of online content, and they're growing a, a brand new business model out of the old. Whereas companies like the BBC, uh, NBC, ABC, these kind of companies are not run by young people. They have built-in bureaucracies where many of the jobs are superfluous, but people still protect those jobs like it means something, like their job Uh, is important, even though it's not. I I think it's worse than that. I think people in, um, in, in old
1: media management feel that it's certainly their duty, but especially their right to creatively interfere with the product. Yes. For a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's for business reasons. Sometimes it's about cost control. Sometimes it's just because they can. And what they do is they make life very difficult for people who are meant to be generating the content. One thing that really comes across to me from the Netflix series as you watch – the, a couple, yeah I, I've, I've seen a couple of the amazon ones as well um and, and even the hbo series where again you can tell that hbo takes a very different approach to how they let people run those shows Yep, is the fact that the 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 shows are given creative room to breathe to experiment yep to go in the direction that the people who are the vision behind the show want it to be? Yep. And and every, you know I, I've been watching. I mentioned to you this week. I was watching uh, the new Luke Cage series, which I'm, I'm catching. I only just finished watching Daredevil, and I went straight to Luke Cage. Um, I'm also um, I'm also an avid uh, watcher of Westworld. I
0: absolutely adore Westworld. The new I HBO know, show. I, I've watched um, like three episodes. I just I don't know. It's not catching me yet. So I've, yeah. I've taken a break from it. Yeah,
1: and it, well, I think one of the... The only criticism I perhaps make of Westworld is it, it's it's very complex. Um, it's becoming clear as the further you get to the series how complicated it is, and that 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 can be wearing for the watcher. It's but, not um, the
0: complexity. It's just I find the story itself um, boring, yeah. and gory for gory's sake.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's like, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's certain. There certainly is. There certainly. Is, and a little bit of the Cold Game of Thrones thing
0: where, you know... Well, they, I would say more Walking but, Dead, which is why I gave up on that show. Right. And I used Gordon. the word superfluous earlier, and I'll use it here for the yeah. Walking Dead. Okay, I get it it's zombies. you got to have a certain amount of... But, come on. <laughs> really? And I was starting to feel that way <laughs> with just three episodes of Westworld. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Their big shtick is, what's the big mystery? What's the thing? But in the meantime, oh, look, we're going to have all this blood and gore and um, nudity. Sense and sense and 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 yeah, yeah as I'm as just well, like, yeah. ugh, really? I, I need I, this I, in my I, life? I can English, watch well, Better the, Call Saul. I can watch yeah, The yeah. Flash. I can watch it, Green Arrow. I... It, 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 some of the reality TV shows I I enjoy that the, when they're building a car, Fast and Loud, love that show. I would rather watch that stuff than yet another. We're going to take ourselves so freaking seriously. HBO series. It's just ugh. Stop it. It's an event. It's event TV. That's what I'm sick of, David. Event TV. Yeah. How about just make a great story? Just make another better Call Saul. Just make another Fargo. But,
1: I don't. I don't but, need all I mean, blood the blood and guts. We, we, we're verging, we're verging away from the the point we were making into, you know, taste. Some people.
0: No, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And I think Uh, that the companies that respect the creative process and those who have that talent and get out of their way is to our benefit. And the companies that don't do that old media is going to go away. Eventually they're going to get bought out by these young companies that are making all the money because they're creating great content. And, Good. We can't I, get there I, soon enough, as far as I'm concerned. I can't wait for companies like Netflix and Amazon
1: to say, you know what, as well as the TV series, we can make movies. Yeah. Well, you know, Netflix already run, is. Yeah, but that's what I want to see. First-run movies, that they, they, they come out first on streaming service, and then maybe afterwards, if they're popular, they put them in the movie theaters. Yeah. That's what I want to see. But movies that are created without... The um, the bureaucracy the suits interfering with them, yeah, you know, the, the bureaucracy behind just, it. It's basically destroyed Batman versus Superman and yes. Suicide Squad, and all these movies. Ah, where I actually you get, enjoyed Suicide
0: you know. Squad. I, I I did buy it on iTunes and I rewatched the extended cut. I like mm-hmm. it. Um, it's not as good as the trailers, but I liked yeah. it. And a movie just came out today that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm not sure when I'm going to get to see it. May maybe tomorrow night, maybe Saturday. Uh, and that's the new Harry Potter films, you uh-huh. know. Well, it's yeah. I, I call, we call it Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, it but, is Harry. Well, it's that it universe. Is. Yeah. Um. But I, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it looks fantastic. Have I been yeah. there? I've been there. Do I know yeah. what the story is basically going to be? Yeah, I kind of know what the story is going to kind of be. Is it going to be one of these series that? Oh, look, this big actor is going to be playing this role. Yes, of course it is. Because everyone freaking does that now. And why wouldn't they do that? And it's Warner Brothers. So God help us, you know, the actual content. That being said, I'm still looking forward to it. But you're right. I want Netflix to do what they're doing for the Marvel television stuff. I want them to do that in the movies. And I don't want another Harry Potter. I don't want another Avengers. I want something original, something different. Yeah. And Absolutely. I get that you like Westworld because of those things. It's different. It's it's It just has no appeal to me. But that's the cool that's part. Funny. There's so much yeah. content now that if you can't find something that's interesting to you, you're not looking.
1: We've got an embarrassment of riches. Oh, There's yeah. so much good stuff that, in fact, you have to choose what you want to watch. And sometimes you miss things that are really great because you're you right. just don't have the time to watch
0: them. Yeah. And there's some uh-huh. shows that I, I used to really enjoy, like Pawn Stars, for instance. Stupid, dumb, people are trying to sell something they're going to try to get it as cheap as possible. A little bit of yeah. history lessons in each episode. It's a, a little bit of trivia. You're in and out in 30 minutes or less if you fast forward, which we all do. It, it's just turn off your brain and watch it for a while. I've been recording it on my DVR. I'm like 20 episodes behind. And I'm at the point now, I'm like, "Ah, I ought to just delete these, because if I really want to watch them, I can find them online. Mm -hmm. And why am I missing them? Because I've been watching other stuff. Well, I've been busy, too. But, you know, I'm going to catch up on these two shows on YouTube that I enjoy, completely independent, just some guy making videos, and there it is. Like, I talked about it before. John's Arcade, for instance. He comes up with an hour episode about once a week. I'd rather watch that than Pawn Stars right now. You know, so there's, yep. y- you're right. It's an embarrassment of riches. So anybody who says, oh, I don't, I don't watch TV, a snob, just like the Porsche snobs, just like the BMW snobs, I don't watch TV. Shut up. <laughs> don't, don't tell me that TV is the dumb box and it, there's nothing on it anymore. And that you're so enlightened, so much more it's enlightened just, than us. It's, it's you're, you're full of it. It's just
1: about you know that 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 argument about TV is just about what you choose to watch. Yeah, I I I, I talked to a, a colleague of mine at work a few weeks ago. You know, we we're, we're both working in London full time, so we both sat in the hotel room every night. And you know, you've got to figure out what you want to do. We t- start talking about the BBC iPlayer, which is the BBC catch-up service, and and we both agreed that what we do is we'll fire it up and we'll go straight to hist- historical documentaries, science documentaries. Um, and then the general documentary thing and pick something out there yep. and um, you know don't nobody could turn around and tell to me that that's stupid television this is intelligent well researched um, you know educational TV that you come away from it from an hour of television to saying I know no more about that topic than I knew before I started and I'm one of these people who when I was growing up when I was at school I wasn't really interested into history i didn't really it, I'm with the, you. the way the way it was presented particularly in school which is you know textbooks where you know in 1832 this this act of parliament was passed that that meant this and that it was very dry it didn't really engage me at all but i love history and archaeology and all of that stuff now and that's because i watched documentaries about it do do i think that's in, that that gives me enough knowledge about it that i could go uh, and get a postdoctorate degree at a university in history or, or archaeology no <laughs> you never know.
0: Well. but the thing well you gotta watch does, a lot but,
1: but I, I don't i don't think i don't think it does but the point is I, I feel i know an awful lot more about many of these topics than many people i speak to yeah. and that's that's not for me
0: So let's do a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, This episode is sponsored by MaxSales.com. David, they came out with a a brand-new 13-port Thunderbolt 2 dock. 13 ports on this thing. Um, When I was at OWC, we had the Thunderbolt 2. But, of course, now Apple has got more machines with Thunderbolt 3 slash USB-C. They have come out with a new dock. It looks like the old usb 2. 2 dock which i think is a good thing because i like the look of it and uh it, it's it's basically giving you back all the ports that you may need yeah. <laughs> like oh i don't yeah. know the ability to charge your iphone plug it in yeah, well oh yeah okay never mind um uh,
1: yeah i looking the range of ports on this thing and it's
0: very reminiscent of the side of the old macbook pro <laughs> it is you okay. get, you get, uh, okay, let's, I'm just going to look on the front of it. You got an SD card reader because, you know, people still use professional cameras. Yep. It's got audio in and out port. It's got a USB 3.1 gen one, which is up to five gigabytes of data on the front. Then you look on the back. It's got four more of those USB 3.1 generation one ports. It's got um uh, digital audio in it's got firewire 800 FireWire 800. Apple hasn't put that in a machine in a few years now. Which, with a cheap adapter, gives you FireWire 400. Mm -hmm. So if you have a load of FireWire stuff around, then this will hook you up. Dual Thunderbolt 3 ports, a mini display port, so you can, I don't know, hook an external monitor to it, maybe, that doesn't have USB-C or a Thunderbolt 3 uh, port, and gigabit Ethernet. That's pretty amazing. Let's take a... I'm going to pause this for one second. Okay sorry about that folks my dad called and uh you know as as i did a show just a couple of weeks ago um and uh, oh by the way sorry about no show last week guys it's just it's one of those things that happen um david was busy i got busy and then we couldn't get back together later in the weekend so but as yep. you know uh i i discussed at length a couple episodes ago uh mom passed away and uh You know, my, uh, my dad gets, we want to make sure dad's not too lonely and Cole has been spending the night over there. He's already done it once. He's doing that again tonight. And when I take him over there, I will actually pick up some food. Last time it was a McDonald's. This time it'll be KFC. They've got this little fill cup thing for five bucks. You get chicken and whatever in there. Uh, not the best food in the world, but the kids like it and dad likes it. So I'll stop and get KFC for him and take Cole over to grandpa's house and he'll spend another night there. And uh, yep. we're also planning on having him over this Sunday. He requested lasagna. So this will be the first time my dad's eaten dinner with us in years. And we'd like mm-hmm. to make this kind of a semi-regular thing that he comes over, if not every week, at least every couple of weeks. weeks. Yep. Um, so kind of planning that out. I was hoping he was going to come and. Earlier on Sunday, but his buddy's coming over to watch the Detroit Lions football game, which I'll be watching here. But you know, his, his friend's going to come over to his house. They'll watch the game, and then he'll come over here for supper. And and then, of course, we're planning Thanksgiving. We're going to have Thanksgiving here at my house, and uh so Dad will come over here for Thanksgiving too. So when he calls, you know, I wanted to pause the show and talk to him for a second. Didn't want to put him off. Sure. You know. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. I think yeah. we can all understand that. So we were so talking will he be about our, the Thunderbolt
0: three dock with him? He will from OWC. He's going to order it up. And <laughs> my dad's about the least technical guy <laughs> you'll ever meet in your life. Um, yeah, I've had to show him probably four times on how to get listen to messages on his new cell phone, which is a flip phone. Uh, you know, even the thought of giving him an iPhone or an Android is no, it's not. No. Um, yeah. But we were talking about uh, the OWC, the MacSales.com dock. Uh, it's, it's a great solution, guys. If, if you have a Mac with the new USB-C slash Thunderbolt 3 dock, this is a way to add those ports that Apple has just decided we don't need anymore <laughs> back into your life uh and right now it's on sale you you'd save about uh 20 bucks right now because it's on pre-order it, it hasn't been released it doesn't come out until February so now is the time and david as someone that worked at OWC, i know that these things they sell a lot of them and if you don't order early you might have to wait till the second batch comes in so thus mm-hmm. it it could be march before you get one so if you want one of these now is the time i'll put a link in the show notes at both techfanpodcast.com and mymac.com uh, at episode number 279 for the pre-order page for the new OWC Thunderbolt 3 dock. It's 279 right now, uh, and then it's going to go back up to 299 So order early. Save $20. Bucks. Um, Excellent. We got a little bit of feedback, David, and uh, the first one I want to talk about Great. is kind of something cool for you and I. Donnie Yankalo, uh-huh. a longtime friend. Um, I saw him in person uh, about a year ago now, I, I guess. A little, little over a year ago, I saw him and Guy Cyril in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, he is uh, a teacher. He's a graphic designer. And he is uh, an iOS developer. And he has been releasing sticker packs. Because, you know, with iOS 10, that's the new thing. You can get these sticker packs and send them in text messages and stuff. It's kind of cool. And he has been creating, really, he, I think it was a Halloween one, got featured on Apple's front page, which was really wow. cool. And he sent me a message and he asked if I would like if he could make us a sticker pack. And I said, absolutely. So he has made a tech fan sticker pack. Souls awesome. Pretty cool. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. It's, it is. I, I love it. Uh, I installed it right away. I know you did too, because we were sending stickers back and forth on text yeah uh he just updated it. he he added a couple more stickers in there, so it's completely free and we encourage anyone who listens to this to uh to go and and download this i'm gonna put a note or a link in the show notes for the tech fan sticker pack completely free pretty cool huh very cool um very cool indeed. alyssa Passali. I don't know how this happened, but somehow she had left us feedback on the website. She wasn't sure if uh-huh. it was My Mac or TechFan, but she was pretty sure it was TechFan. Submitted it and it just disappeared into the ether. Because she sent me a private message on uh Twitter asking what had happened. And I went and it just wasn't there. Uh if someone hasn't posted previously, uh it holds it in a queue and I have to go and approve it. And once I approve it, that person can then go ahead and post. Mm-hmm. Without approval. But I, I approve every comment at both MyMac.com and TechFanPodcast.com. And if you actually went and looked at what gets deleted and what gets caught by spam, you'd understand why. Yeah. <laughs> MyMac right now, I haven't gone and emptied the spam comments yet. Um, but it's in the hundreds of thousands. I'm not kidding. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Uh, TechFan gets about a thousand spam comments a month. And uh, I just... I don't even see him. It just catches them and gets rid of them. Anyways, she has some comments on uh, our last show. and Yeah, she did. She went and sent it on uh, on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And she
1: says, David made a comment about people buying the low-end MacBook because they're too cheap to buy a new MacBook Pro. Um, Okay. I'm not sure exactly... How I
0: said that, but... uh, Don't walk away from your statement, young man. (laughs) Don't backtrack now, you coward. (laughs) she, She
1: says, I disagree that they're too cheap to spend the money. Maybe the old MacBook is enough to suit their needs. A student who brings his or her computer to class and take notes, write papers, web surf, but for whatever reason doesn't want an iPad. Or the older parent who wants to Skype or FaceTime with the grandkids' email web surfing and doesn't need the power or extra features a new MacBook Pro offers. Would I buy an older MacBook? No, but I use my MacBook Pro differently than the above mentioned examples. Well, you know, I I really agree with Elisa here, so that, that's why I I wasn't trying to row back from my statement, but I, I I clearly misrepresented my myself. What what I was trying to say was I, I don't think it's fair of Apple to sell computers that are substandard at cheap prices. I think the. um it, the, the cheaper MacBooks and the MacBook Airs and that sort of thing should be updated or replaced with newer models at those price points um, so that people aren't getting three-, four-year-old computing hardware. Because I think if you're getting three-year-old computing hardware, you should have the choice of deciding to go out and buy that by going out and buying something refurbished or used rather than buying something brand new and then finding out it's um, the internals are, are below spec. I... I- even, i agree even with even both your of you. requirements yeah. yeah yeah even if your requirements are very light these the the use cases that at least here are, are perfectly valid and are the cheapest macbook air you can buy today um or the cheapest one you could buy until they canned it the 11 inch one is perfectly fine for all of those things but the point is it's disappointing to any user who buys a computer at a price point and then finds as they want to develop and do more things with it that all of a sudden they have to then jump up, uh, sell it and jump up to a, to another machine because the one they've got is so old.
0: Well, I, I think we're kind of saying the same thing. I don't like the fact that Apple is selling three, almost four year old technology at a premium price. Yeah. I think that's insulting. And that's my beef with what Apple's doing. I think their machines are brilliant. I think the designs are great. I think the new touch bar, if I needed that, I think that's awesome. I think it looks really cool and I hope it's wildly wildly supported by the developer community. I think the machines cost too damn much money. I think the Apple's putting a premium price on it because it has an Apple logo on it. And I'm not talking about just the new ones. I'm talking about the MacBook or the uh, Mac Pro. Yeah. When well, it's Mac Pro, it's Mac Pro ancient technology when it comes to, you know, what's going on right now.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd Really, the Mac Pro is at the point where if I walked into an Apple store and asked for one, I would expect the person serving me to say, please don't buy that. Right. The, the, they, they should be talking you out of buying it. You know, but I, I'm not sure that will happen. Let me share an experience I had just just today with with the local Apple store here. I took my um, 13-inch Retina MacBook Pro that I bought from my brother in to have the battery changed um, last week. Uh, this is the machine that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, where they replaced the screen for free because it had a fault on it. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's, it, this is the first gen of the Retina MacBook Pro, and you know what, it's a nice machine. It's more than what I need so i don't need to buy anything newer than this so i bought it cheap from my, from my brother when they replaced the screen they did some diagnosis on it they said you know the battery on, the, on this is what on the way out it's warning that it needs replacement soon they said we can't do this at the same time we do the screen but you want if you if you really should think about getting it changed so i had a look at apple's website and they have a service It's called the Apple Battery Replacement Service, because the batteries are glued into these things. You can't do it yourself, even if you take them apart. No. Yeah? It's a horrible, horrible thing to do. And in fact, what they've done is they've replaced the entire top case.
0: I think we discussed this on uh, the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So
1: I took it in, had it done. When I collected it, they tried to charge me the £199 that it says on the website it charges, plus (laughs) labour. And I said, uh, no... I said, the website says £199 including VAT for the battery replacement service. Oh no, that's just for the cost of the battery. We have to put labour on top.
0: I no, said, no, it says service.
1: It, it says service. I said, if it was just the battery, it would say this is the cost of the battery plus labour at whatever rate. I said, that's the way everybody... I said, if I go and have somebody paint my house, he doesn't say, oh, it's going to be £8 for a tin of paint. Yeah, and then present me a bill with labor as well he gives me a price i said apples and i showed them showed them so i got this whole great big thing where they went well under these circumstances um you know in 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 this for this one-off case we'll waive the labor charges and i really want to say some, don't do me act like you do me some special favor right yeah i am only making you do what your company says you are have to do Right, and this is, unfortunately, this is I'm finding this an increasing problem in Apple retail. An increasing problem is that um, it's very hard to get the appointment, and then when you go in and get the service, the service they give you is not what Apple is trying to sell you. It's something else. Yeah, and it's really, really disappointing.
0: And again, unfortunately, think, that's not just Apple either. That's kind of an epidemic problem in many service companies. But it,
1: it never used to be Apple, though. It didn't. Apple, You know, the Apple were always expensive, but you know what, Apple, at least you knew what you were getting.
0: Well, we remember the stories when the Apple stores were only just a few years old of people going in to get something done at Apple. And it turns out Apple just fixed it right there and didn't charge them anything. Or they just gave them a replacement and didn't charge them anything, even though miraculously it was out of warranty. And that Apple would acknowledge that this is a kind of a known thing and they'll take care of the customer and that customer service really was paramount. Is it still like that? I don't know. Well, in my experience not always. Yeah. Disappointing no. to hear, it really is. Yeah.
1: But I I think you know that there is an undercurrent of this within the company now that all of a sudden the bottom line uh and everything is becoming much more important than it used to be. Uh
0: Brendan sent us uh, some feedback. I trimmed it down a little bit though, David. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was too long. <laughs> yeah i know that's that's unheard of from brendan he's
1: been he's been away which he's one been away. heard from him for a while he says he's been a, a several week cycling trip but he responded to the apple event and the stuff we talked about so he said apple's focus on ios and neglect of the mac from michael size link comments about the hello again apple event it is evident that many people think that apple is intent on abandoning the desktop merging features of os 10 ios Earlier in the year, Tim Cook asked, and to me this comment sums up the current problem with Apple, especially it comes from the headman himself, why would you buy a PC anymore? No, really, why would you buy one? Allow me to answer, Mr Cook. I want a real computer for exactly the same reason that, faced with the task of digging a huge hole in the ground and offered the choice between a spade and a spoon to accomplish the task, I'm a wholehearted spade enthusiast. That doesn't mean I'm not also a spoon enthusiast, I will not dream of using a spade to stir my cup of tea. It's a matter of choosing horses to courses, as we say in the UK. So both Mac and iOS systems need equal nurture and care. Furthermore, as David elucidated, the Mac iOS systems are now intertwined in numerous ways, and one system should not be neglected at the expense of the other, as both then suffer. Yeah, I, I'm right with him on all that 100%. I think so. Now, the interesting thing is I think Apple is as well. They've made some comments over the last couple of weeks since... The furor over the uh, Apple event erupted. They've done a whole pile of things and, and done some interviews and statements to the press, where they've really tried to dispel the notion that they they're, they're talk down is on the cheap.
0: and they don't talk to the map Talk Mac. is cheap.
1: Well, yeah, that's the, problem. the problem is they they seem to yeah they they seem to have a a, a level of focus that's not befitting of the problem. No, I'd they agree with they that. seem to be. They seem to be under the impression that replacing these laptops with these great new laptops um, is enough to demonstrate that they're,
0: they're not. Or, they're, or, or the, that that's room for celebration when yeah. clearly, at least yeah. on the Mac side, that's one quarter of your products. Exactly, are your products yeah. don't, offering? Don't pat yourself on the job on the on the back until the job is done. Right. It's it's now. This won't work for you because you don't watch the NFL. But a growing trend in the NFL right now is uh quarterback will throw the ball. The guy will catch it. It's 12 yards. He gets a first down. So he's up to the 32-yard line, right? It, it's a minor play. Yeah, good. It's a, it's a first down. You need a first down to continue to play on offense. The receiver will jump up and thrust his arm forward like, yeah, first down, and celebrate. <laughs> that's, that's Dude, you didn't short. just score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. did not just catch the winning play of the game. How about you hold the celebrations until you do more yeah. than your job? When you do something yeah. actually impressive, stop celebrating and patting yourself on the back for doing something minor. Which, uh, on any given day, game day, 150 passes are caught for first downs. Why are you celebrating? Yeah. Your team is down by t- 30 points and you're celebrating getting a first down. You're stupid. Stop being a dummy. And that's the problem with Apple. They're standing up after getting 25% of the way there and thrusting their arms forward and going, yeah. You know what, Skippy? Put your arm down, relax a little bit, and update the rest of the products before you start patting yourself on the back and and looking at us for a treat. Because you were a good boy. Who's a good boy? Well, it wasn't you, Apple.
1: just... Yeah, just to stretch your analogy just a little bit further, hopefully not to breaking point, because um, un- unlike many UK listeners, I do understand American football. <laughs> what um, what they're doing is celebrating, uh, not even after a completion play, they're celebrating after a, a three-yard rush to get over to the first right. down line. Yeah. Because they, because let's remember, um, these these machines are not home runs. They're overpriced they uh they have this weird machine in the middle the uh the non-touch bar one um they've uh, they've made some questionable choices in some areas uh, and then their response to them and and we talked about this on twitter a couple of weeks ago their response is oh everyone's everyone's upset that we put usb c on there so let's let's cut the price of the dongles for a, a week or two or for a yeah. month or two yeah apple that's not the problem cut the price of the machines not the price of the dongles People would be much happier if the machines were $200 less expensive, yeah, and then they had to buy a couple of dongles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, we're, it's look, we're not down on Apple. No. I, I I love their products. I love the history of the company. I, and more than that, I love the community that surrounds these products. Love it. It's fantastic. I've met some of my best friends because of it, David being the first and foremost right now. However it's not time for you to celebrate Apple. It's time to acknowledge that you have a big problem, fix the problem, stop operating in secrecy. Like your products are some kind of a massive discovery. That's going to change the world at this point and just get on with what you're supposed to be doing. If I was an investor in Apple right now, other than the profits from iPhone, I'd be a little upset. I'd be like, you guys got all these products and you haven't touched them in forever. What's going on? What 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 kind of company am I investing in that's letting their products wither on the vine at a premium price? And look at all these voices that are clamoring for new products, and you give them this thing over here with this touch bar. Other than the touch bar, it's a minor upgrade to the entire line of laptops, and yet you're charging even more. Yeah, and and I want to add something to this
1: conversation as well. You you'll probably recall the last time we spoke that I commented that maybe. One of the bottlenecks in Apple was the design department. Yep, yeah, and you yep. suggested maybe um, they took,
0: offshore some of that to yeah. another design team for the Mac, since Johnny Ives obviously doesn't give a crap about the Mac line.
1: Since we last spoke, what has that design team done? They have released a, a book about design that yeah. costs the princely sum of two hundred to three hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Yeah, that has special paper and gilded edges and it's full of beautiful photographs and Johnny Ive's little white world he does his voiceovers from. Yeah. And and patting themselves on the back think, again. Okay, yeah. Uh, and patting themselves on the back. But not only that, there is no way that Johnny Ive was not intimately involved with of that product. Of course he was. With that product. Yeah. And so he spent his precious hours in the day...
0: Patting himself, himself on the, the book with a self-congratulatory... Yeah, with yeah.
1: A, with a design book when... They have major products that need to be out, and he's not working on the designs for them. Right. Absolutely right. Yeah? Tone deaf. To, even if the thing had been ready, and that's what he's been doing, to actually release it now.
0: Yeah, it's insulting. Yeah,
1: when they've just had all this all this backlash and crap and complaints and everything like that to go, oh, you know what, now is the time to issue the 200 to $300 coffee table book. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not dissing the concept behind the book. I think these are the things that designers do. I understand that. Um,
0: but not think- when you're charging a premium price for almost, going on yeah. four-year-old technology at this point. Yeah, exactly. This is not the time. You just got a three-yard run. You did not score yeah. a winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You dummies. Come <laughs> on. Anyways, with that, yeah. we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We really really would like to get feedback from you guys uh you can send us email it's the show at techfampodcast.com. you can also visit techfanpodcast.com and leave a comment in the show notes david and i will see them hopefully they won't just disappear uh like alyssa's did and uh, we'll read them here on the show uh you can also go to mymac.com our parent company because we are part of the mymac podcasting network and leave a uh, comment there as well and uh you can hit us up on Twitter. I mean, that's what Alyssa did to finally get those comments to us because they just disappeared offline. Uh, we are tech Fan podcast on Twitter and we are on the Facebook as well. Anything up? Yep. Anything going on? We need to talk about before we wrap this up. I just wanted to say, with reference to Twitter, is
1: that I've I've had a couple of bits of feedback to my Twitter account that I will feed into our next show. Awesome!
0: Look forward if to anybody, it.
1: Anybody, anybody's going? Oh, they're always asking for feedback. Then they never mind. I will.
0: <laughs> probably a good idea. <laughs> All right. See you next week, David. See you then. Bye.